Thank you so much, and welcome to the Trix Podcast, powered by Atlanta Dispatch and Humble Bee Enterprises. Uh, very excited to be here with a special guest. We have Miss Angelica Garcia Davila, a senior business consultant and overall jack of all trades when it comes to logistics. And before we begin, I just wanted to say that the Dispatcher's Guide to the Galaxy is available now as an ebook and physical book. You can acquire your copy online from barnesandnobles.com or Amazon. And if you're in the ebooks, you can get it from Apple or any other place you get your ebooks. And uh, look, this session, today's session is entitled, What a Comeback After a Setback Looks Like. And I can assure you that I am one of those people who have definitely had several setbacks in my life. And uh, I've really had to claw myself back from some stuff. I've had failed business attempts. Many of the people who know me know that I was out in Dubai, my very first stint as an entrepreneur uh, doing logistics out there, but it didn't go like I wanted it to go. Um, it, and it put me in contact with the petroleum industry. So once I got back to the States, I put so much time, so much energy, so much effort into becoming a petroleum broker and it failed. It didn't happen for me, which really crushed a lot of my entrepreneurial spirits. You know, so this is me being fully transparent. It took me a while to come back to say what I really felt as though I could do as an entrepreneur. I've even been fired from a job, had no idea what I was going to do next. And, you know, responsibilities were there, but had to come back from that. I've abused cigarettes, I've abused alcohol, and let's not even talk about this uh, down freight cycle. You know, the market is crazy. People are getting pushed out the industry and, uh, you know, it's zapped my bank account. So it's, it's only by the grace of God that I'm here. That's That's basically what I'm trying to say and trying to convey is that I've had the setbacks in life. And to me, you know, setbacks, they're real. And it's the testimonies that come from the decision not to quit, uh, you know, that are really helpful. So that's what this session is about. And, uh, you know, I just really want to say, Angelica, I appreciate you so much for joining me today. And uh, for the folks who may not have had the opportunity to encounter you in the past, um, I want to I want you to give and let us know how did you get into logistics? Like, uh, did you go to school for logistics? But yeah, all those things. Yeah, no, thank you, Tori, for having me. And uh, thanks, uh, the Transportation and Logistics uh, podcast for this opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's a, a heavy, a heavy question. So I actually, uh, my background before uh, this industry that we love in transportation and logistics, my background is actually financial services. So I actually uh, have uh, my degree in economics and my master's in, in business management with a concentration in NAFTA. So, but uh, I went into, I was working with Bank of America. I was a branch manager. Then I ended up doing uh, financial services for Northwestern Mutual where I actually did risk management, wealth accumulation, and estate planning. But my portfolio uh, consisted of small business owners. Um, I was actually with Northwestern out of Milwaukee. That was the number one salesperson for lives sold, which means lives means, you know, um, life insurance uh, for families and business. So I've worked a lot on business with business owners for key man insurance and continuing business and so forth, because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of businesses, you know, 
don't don't think about the succession plan. And that's something that I would work with business owners. So one of the business owners that I was working with was a, a Venezuelan woman who actually did a lot of ocean and air mostly. Uh, and she was, uh, you know, from the US, she was based here in Katy and uh, did a lot to South America, Central America and Mexico. So this was in 2003 and I, uh, she was my client, but then I ended up going through a, a divorce as a single mom, my kids were four and two. And, uh, you know, as a, as a, you know, I had my series seven, series 63, my group one. And in that industry, I was actually commission only. So while I was going through my divorce and being a, a single mom now of four and two, I had to find uh, work where I had benefits. And uh, so this, my client at Northwestern offered me a job working two or three days a week where I would make a certain amount a month. So I started, I didn't know anything about RGNs. I didn't know anything about, con, you know, container, drayage, intermodal, none of that. But she took me under her wing and I ended up uh, getting into the world of logistics, but on uh, ocean, the ocean and air side, not the trucking side yet. So when uh, I ended up uh, getting into the business with her, it started at two days a week. It ended up, I loved it so much that she, you know, again, she trained me and she always said, you know, don't say no, I always say yes, we'll find a way to get it done. So I ended up leaving the financial services world of banking and doing a uh, risk management, wealth commission, estate planning. And I ended up going full time with her. Um, and so, you know, fast forward 2006, I get offered, uh, I start, I really start enjoying a lot of the inner, the, the, the trucking, the interstate trucking. So I love the trucking aspect of it. Um, Cause she told me, you know, Hey, don't say no. So I started doing a lot of trucking like here, here from Houston to Oklahoma or, you know, from it, you know, all 48 States. And I even did some Mexico moves and she would tell me, you know, I really want to focus on ocean and air. She didn't like the fact that I was doing so much trucking. So when it came to a point where we had to, you know, uh, you know, she lowered my salary, lowered my commission. So I, it, I was forced to find something else. So I ended up interviewing, with a trucking company out of Spokane, Washington called uh, Trans System, System Transport. At the time, they had over a thousand uh, assets. They had, they, they focused on flatbed RGN work off the West Coast there in Spokane, and they had terminals along California. And they wanted to open up an office in Texas. And at the time, you know, open up a new office here as a salesperson. So when I actually, so it's, it's a good story, sorry to be long-winded, but it's the, uh, so when I actually interviewed, I went to Spokane, interviewed for the job for sales position uh, that was offered to me by a mutual friend who was going to be the general manager here in Houston. And when I went to Spokane, uh, we, we were there three days was with the owners. And I, I didn't know that they were doing a test, but they took us out drinking one night. And, you know, they always say the truth comes out with drunks and kids. Right. So uh, I ended up having to leave early because I wanted to make sure I got home to talk to the kids and I didn't stay drinking where, where my counterpart that was getting the GM position drank. Uh, we were supposed to be at the office at their headquarters at 7 a.m. I was there at 645. He rolled in around 930 because he had he was hung over. But we, we, you know, we went through the interview. We went through everything. Well, when I flew back to Houston, the president of Spokane, Washington, of a trans system logistics said, Angelica, well, we have good news and bad news. And I was like, okay, uh, give, <laughs> give, give, 
give me the bad news. And they're like, uh, you did not get the sales position. And I was like, oh, I was like, what's the good news? And he said, well, we want you to be the general manager. We're not hiring Carlos. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to, he goes, do you want the job or not? Well, we'll, you know, we'll go ahead and get you a budget, open up the office. So I came from nowhere, not knowing about, you know, the industry to now being the GM uh, uh, of a uh, transystem logistics here out of Houston. So we, from there, it started the love and the passion of mine. Uh, so that's a long story short. That's how I got into the industry was, was just out of pure, uh, you know, guidance and direction and, and being obedient at the end of the day, you know? Right, right. No, that's a beautiful story. And, you know, you mentioned that your background was in the numbers and finance. Do you feel like it's a easier time for a business owner or somebody to get into business ownership if they are skilled with finance, accounting and, you know, understand what those numbers are saying? Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, you have to know your numbers. So in business, I think that, again, at the end of the day, God is God is in, in the story. Um, and I, I feel that God prepared me uh, to know business and being able to work with so many business owners on merchant services, protecting your business and all that. I feel like um, I was equipped on how to do business and how to, you know, knowing your numbers, looking at financials, uh, economics, since that was my major, you know, knowing, uh, you know, how to you know, cost, cost benefit analysis, you know, and then when I did business management and NAFTA, you know, so it just, it just transitioned well into logistics and transportation. Again, I, I, I do things on a global scale and I just love, I love, I love this industry because every day is a different monster, you know? Um, so I, my, my expertise, again, been doing this since 2003, opened up, went to a asset-based company where I was VP in 2006. And in 2009, that's when I opened up with a dream and faith. Uh, there's a story out there called Butterfly, on, uh, you know, Wings on a Prayer, you know. Wing, uh, so I ended up opening up uh, the business in 2009. And at that time, my company was AIM Global Logistics. And AIM was my, the act, you know, the initials for Angelica, my daughter, Isabel, who was uh, probably six at the time, and then Mathis, my son, who was probably was four at the time. You know, now they're uh, 24 and 22. Okay, okay. So the dream, you follow the dream, you follow God's plan, and you were able to so many other things. We only talked about the very beginning of your time here in the uh, transportation, in the logistics industry. So you've worked for an asset so you work for a freight forwarder and someone who does ocean global logistics at the end of the day let's talk about aim what were all of the things that you did with aim so aim global logistics started off as a, a brokerage so we started off non-asset based again covering and you know uh you know uh, 48 states, Canada, and Mexico. Then I ended up becoming an MVOCC freight forwarder. So where I actually was able to do, you know, uh, all the ocean and air. So land to air, land, land to, and we would do, the scope would be door to door. So, or port to door or door to port. So, but we would work with agents um, outside, uh, you know, in all countries to be able to help us with the importation on their side and vice versa. I would help them on the importation on the U.S. side. But the only the only country that I had an office 
was in Mexico. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm from Mexico. I have dual citizen. So, and I speak, you know, Spanish, hablo español muy bien. So I'm, you know, bilingual, almost trilingual. I speak a little bit of Italian, but I had offices in, in Mexico as well. So from there, um, I did that. I did that, uh, where we ended up grossing when I, when I was non-asset based, the most that I did in one year was 14 million in sales and revenues. And uh, so my first year I did about $250,000 and that was in 09. And then in 14 and 15, I went up to uh, seven, then like I said, 14 million a year. Uh, But then uh, around that time in about 2010, 2011, I ended up becoming certified minority woman owned. And that ended up opening a lot of doors for me. And the the reason I became certified minority woman owned is because I started going in Houston, you know, it's the biggest port in the U.S. and it's amazing to do business here in the Houston area to be in the industry that we're in. Um, so I ended up going to the Breakbull Conference, the Petrochemical Conference, uh, OTC in May. So I ended up going to all these events and I was going in representing other companies at the time. And they told me and they said, Angelica, you know, you're my you're a woman. You're Latina, you're minority, so why don't you, you know, start leveraging and start getting your certifications? Because you know this was Exxon. They said because you, there was a big line of people wanting to talk to Exxon, and they said, "You see this long line?" And I looked at, it, I go, "Yes." I go, "Well, you can be shortlisted and get more opportunity if you become certified minority woman owned." So I ended up, you know, listening. I ended up taking the opportunity. Uh, to become certified minority woman owned and started uh, being able to offer all modes of transportation, whether it's a pound or whether it's over a million pounds and everything in between, whether it's trucking, ocean, air, rail, warehousing, we also do crating. So I was able to get into the door now. So from scaling from managing about 14 million to ended up ended up in 18 and 19, uh, I ended up getting into a contract with BP doing over a hundred million a year. Man, <laughs> look, <laughs> this is this is a lot of like very hard hitting business development, like hyper growth from thinking that it was an act of faith going out on your own in 2009. And now not even a whole 10 years later, you're already doing those type of numbers. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still I still use them with till this day. But in 2006, keep in mind. So the story is single mom in a male dominated industry. So if you look at the Forbes article and some of the articles that I've been in, it's it's a single mom in a male dominated industry. And uh, I was actually on Oprah Winfrey on the TD Jake show and a couple of other shows and articles. And, and it was um, about how I came to a point where I, I couldn't even afford ramen noodles, you know, for my kids. Uh, dad was not paying child support and so forth. So there's a story out there on TD Jakes talking about, you know, your setback is your is your comeback, uh-huh. and uh, and it's it's on the story exchange too. So if you look at the story exchange, Angelica Garcia done, you'll see my story. Uh, it's a really they did a great job, and TD Jakes and Oprah Winfrey saw that, and that's when they got me on the show with TD Jakes. But it's hard for me to get that tape with TD Jakes because I have to pay some money to get it. So I've been trying to get that that uh, show because I, of course, we saw it and I thought I had it saved, but I don't. So I'm still trying to get that story because it, it was a good story, you know. Right, but uh, right. 
but um, but yeah, it's uh, again with hyper growth came hyper pride and came hyper, uh, you know, hiring the wrong people. So when you start going into the growth, it's amazing how many friends you have. You know, uh, when I was when I was making all that money, I had tons of friends and tons of people that wanted a party. So I'm pretty sure you'll know where where that goes next. Right, one hundred percent, definitely, definitely. And the funny thing you mentioned, TD Jakes. I was just listening to. Uh, so I, I start my mornings with a lot of like uh, spiritual guidance, you know. So I'll, I'll check out TD Jakes his Sunday sessions, and the fact that it's so lovely yeah. to find them back was on YouTube. I mean, you also mentioned, you know, you having dual citizenship and you being bilingual for the folks who are in grade school right now or they're just getting to college and they might have that opportunity to really go in on you know solidifying a second language how how do you feel like you being able to uh speak spanish and like really do business in that in that capacity helped you grow your business like did it help any or was it oh my gosh yeah yeah a great that. great Great, great, great question. So, uh, not eight, seven to eight million of my fourteen million reported uh, when I got into Forbes that contributed to be speaking Spanish. FYI, um, so speaking Spanish, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna quote something my grandfather uh, did when I was really, really young to us. I'm the oldest of, you know, I have uh, my mom has six brothers and my dad, I come from a large family, Hispanic family. My grandparents are from Mexico. So I'm, you know, I'm second generation. But, um, but one, one thing that's beautiful is that my grandfather at a very young age said, tienes que hablar los dos idiomas. You know, you have to speak two languages and, and, and you're in South Texas. You know, you have to, you have to know Spanish. Spanish was actually my first language. I didn't mm -hmm. learn English until I was in probably kinder or first grade. Uh, so, and he said, it's very important that when you start speaking English, don't forget your Spanish, don't forget your roots. And so, uh, he said, he told me when you start, when you start looking for work, you actually count as two people. So that means he told me when I was little, you'll get paid double. And I really believe that. And, 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 you know, fast forward, I mean, uh, you know, I, I really, you know, lean on bilingual. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be Spanish, but I, I you know, it, apples to apples, education being the same, experience being the same. When I hire people, if they speak another language, I will, again, apples to apples. Uh, I will I will choose the person that speaks another language versus the one that just speaks one language. Definitely. And, and, <laughs> and, and, and especially being in the global uh, atmosphere. So, also, uh, it, it opens so many doors and it continues to open many, many doors. I mean, if you ask people in my industry, you know, I am very, uh, you know, Mexico, you know, right now I'm the director of sales for a couple of companies that I'll talk to you about later, where I'm the director of Latin sales, Latin America, where I am over all of sales, uh, in Mexico, South America, Central America, and of course, some of the islands in the in the Caribbean, Puerto Rico, Dominican being uh, a couple of them. But uh, it's just super important. It's helped me so much being bilingual because when I speak English, they don't know that I speak Spanish. Y cuando hablo español, no saben que yo hablo inglés. So mm -hmm. when I speak Spanish, they don't know I speak English. So it's just super important. And not only do I dominate it speaking, but I can read it, I can write it. 
So I just wanted to make sure that at a very young age, listening to my grandfather at five years old, I, I actually, it's my minor. It, it, my, my bachelor's, I have a major in economics and I have a minor in Spanish. I got my MBA in business management with a concentration in NAFTA. So uh, it's just super, super. And, I, and it's something that I've instilled in my kids. I, I'm a mother, I'm a single mother of three. You know, I have a 24-year-old, 22-year-old, and a six-year-old, and it's super important uh, that they speak both languages. Right, right. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. So, 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 Jory, what, what do you speak Spanish? Habla español o no? Uh, no. Poquito. <laughs> I was about to see. I was about to go with the 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 boy poquito, but you know, oh, I'm not even oh, going to oh, play around. Oh, I'm not going to oh, play oh, around. Oh, oh, parla italiano. You know, no, the romance man. languages, I, the romance languages are beautiful. And my wife, she is someone who I would say she has, uh, she just did this test where she said that maybe it was functional, you know, she wouldn't be able to work in a, a sales capacity, but you know, she, she can get where she needs to go. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and, I, and and I get hired and I get hired on as a consultant and I get hired on or get opportunities because I'm so fluent in Spanish. So, uh, and because, you know, there's a lot of companies that don't have it and they need it. So they'll, they'll, hey, can you consult or can you help me? You know, I even have attorneys that I have to help them on legal uh, uh, cases just because I speak Spanish, you know? So I have to interpret uh, for a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, attorneys here in town as well right yeah to be honest i i understand it i understand the uh importance of you know doing it and getting those additional skills and i'm happy that i have uh the ability to to pour this information i have into the next <laughs> generation you know uh, amen so, so i'll i'll make sure that my son grows yeah up. your son yeah your son so yeah just uh and just, you know, submerse them into it, you know, as when, when you can. I would actually go to Mexico for a month or two in the summer and just, you know, submerse them, you know, just, you know, is it sink or swim, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> so no, and they would have to, they would have to learn it. And now, like I said, they're, they're both, the oldest are completely bilingual and they both have amazing opportunities. My daughter, Isabel's in Chicago studying to be a doctor. She wants to be a radiologist. She's gotten many opportunities because... And she's gotten paid more because she's bilingual. And then my son, Hamilton, he's actually got accepted as an intern at PwC uh, again. And his him speaking Spanish has done really good for him. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely. Look, you mentioned a few other things, right? Uh, yes, lots sir. and lots of highlights on your meteoric rise. T.D. Jakes, Oprah, Forbes, and being invited to be board members to certain organizations and schools and you know yep. what was the highlight the 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 creme de la creme of experiences that you had or you know titles or statuses or whatever whatever when you were rising before the setback well what would you say that was okay so um so when when running a business again uh I'm, I'm about, you know, being blessed to be a blessing. And when I opened my business, it was, uh, didn't have a husband, you know, I don't have rich parents, nothing like that. So it was really on faith. And when I got divorced, I asked, uh, you know, I prayed and said, will you, you know, G you know, Jesus, 
you know, be my provider, be my husband until I, until you find my husband here on earth. And when I went into business, I said, you know, be my business partner until, you know, whatever you want. So uh, when I was in business, 10% of our net profits did go back to ministry. And I did open up a nonprofit where we were able to help. Uh, my nonprofit is still out there. I'm changing the name because I had to, you know, I have to change up things a bit. But it's the AIM Family of Ministries where we helped uh, underprivileged. So we helped people that were hungry, women that, you know, women or men that were domestic abuse, uh, human and child trafficking. And we ended up helping a lot. Uh, because of my community in Katy, they actually called it Katy Suela. I'm not from Venezuela, but my community is very, um, a lot of Venezuelan. So because of socialism and everything, there was a, uh, we had a lot, after Harvey, when Harvey happened, my nonprofit ended up, uh, and as a founder, I had a lot of volunteers, we ended up getting a lot of donations. So I, at the time I had, I ended up growing to having 60 trucks and trailers. Uh, I was, I became asset-based in 17. Uh, so because of the rapid growth, growth. So when I ended up, when Harvey was coming, I ended up deploying all my trucks outside of Texas and letting them stand because I didn't want, you know, I didn't want them to ride Harvey out. So when Harvey did what it did here at, uh, in the Gulf Coast, I ended up uh, with the nonprofit and help of the volunteers working with a lot of churches. So they didn't deadhead with nothing, they actually deadheaded with uh, diapers, formula, uh, water, a lot of donations from the states outside of Texas. I brought all my trucks back to the Houston area with a bunch of donations to churches and nonprofits here in the Houston area, Rockport and Corpus Christi, that's where I was born. And so I ended up bringing a bunch of, uh, uh, and then we, I had a warehouse full of supplies. And um, at the time, you know, and of course, you know, Houston strong, Texas strong. We got strong really quick. And when we started saying, hey, we have water, we have pampers, we have medical supplies. They, then people started saying, the churches and the nonprofits saying, well, we don't need any more water. We don't need any more formula or diapers. We need sheetrock. We need mattresses. We need furniture. We need this. And I was like, well, I don't have any of that. So that's when the community and all the volunteers said, hey, Angelica, we don't have a, Venezuela's dying right now. There's kids dying because we need. They need formula. They need pampers. They need all these medical supplies because of what's happened in, in Venezuela. So I can, you know, I'm in. I'm in global logistics. I have people in Venezuela that are friends. Again, I started in this industry because I'm some Venezuelans. So I said, hey, let's let's see if I can find a partner that will move containers. So I ended up doing two to four containers a month. And I and we started shipping a lot to Venezuela, uh, you know, things. And I saw I have pictures in my in my uh, in our in our website. You can see pictures of babies that were skeletons. You can see their rib cages to, to after formula and after what the nonprofit did working with priests and pastors in Venezuela. You can see them get from skeleton to chubby. Um, so it was just a, an amazing thing. So I think that making money for me is great. Uh, and, but for me, providing jobs for others is even better. But but even better than that is impacting community and helping others without even knowing what you're doing and the impact that you have. And and I get tears and my throat knots up just thinking of what what happened. You know how how God worked and how you can be blessed if you pray every day. 
hey, bless me to be a blessing to others. Um, and at the end of the day, he gets all the glory. Uh, so fast forward a little bit. So people in the community started to know what I was doing. So to answer your question on, hey, what was it? What, what was one of the, aside the nonprofit, I ended up running for office. So don't judge me on what side of the party I ran for, but I was actually, uh, you know, it's not so much scouted. I always wanted to be in a, a run for office, you know, um, being from my background and pro-business, pro-family, uh, you know, and all that great stuff. Um, so I did, I did end up running for office in 19 and uh, uh, I ran in, in 2020 and I was actually endorsed uh, by Governor Abbott uh, to run against my, my opponent, which was the incumbent for this district. They wanted to make sure that this district, uh, you know, won the side that they were trying and they ended up picking a conservative Latina business owner um, to run, you know, to run. And they, uh, I, I had to pray about it, ask my family. So I ran for office and it was actually the closest race in Texas uh, when I ran. So I, I, I think, like I said, running, running, uh, running a nonprofit, owning the business, running a nonprofit, and then being vulnerable enough to run for office. Again, I never knew what it was going to take. I didn't win the race. I didn't win that, that election, but I, I lost the battle, but not the war. But part of running for office, you get to meet a lot of people, both yeah. sides, all people, both sides. Again, I'm not trying to be political on this conversation, but just do know that it's tough to run for office, no matter what side of the fence you're on. Uh, at the end of the day, when I would talk to people, and that's why I resonated, and that's why I had a lot of votes running against the incumbent is because I was for the people, I was for pro business, and uh, you know I was a single mother running. And so, uh, but that that's that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> man well look that right there is phenomenal uh you know i don't want to but, do, but don't judge me again i'm not talking about specific religion or or a political party but yeah yeah i mean your political affiliation that's not my business but exactly <laughs> the, the fact that you um you had know, the guts to do it you know because it takes a lot to run well, yeah, that too. Look, I'm not even there yet. I'm still on the first part. Okay, <laughs> I'm still on the first part of leveraging your equipment to bring aid to those in need, and then saying, "I can one up this. I can do a little bit more to having a consistent." You know, I'm I'm actually in a spot right now. A buddy of mine, they need some product moved from Jersey to Peru, and I'm getting quotes and stuff from random shipping concierge services. And the fact that you did it on your own will, something yeah. similar to what they want to do. This is for charity. You know, yeah. you you did this on your own free will and made sure to keep it going and followed up enough to actually see the outcome, the results of the people who was you know, being aided. Um, that's, yeah, that's and, 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 and I do have, I mean, you know, I do have agents in Peru, people that I know in Peru to help with your, your contact. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's uh, again, I didn't do it alone. And just to remind you, I mean, it was God. And, uh, and again, it's, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. And then my kids being my why. Uh, but, you know, I had a, a great support system, which was, again, my children, 
my immediate family and and more importantly it was god guiding me and and my faith that got me through the good and the bad because i've been through again right before philippians 4:13 it talks about how i know what it's like to be abased have nothing but i know what it's like to have it all where i had properties bmw x7s i was like get a maserati i mean i had it all and then i was and i know what it's like to have nothing where i couldn't afford ramen noodles but in all things i can do all things through him who strengthens me 100% 100% well thank you so much for sharing that and you know also running for office i couldn't imagine the stress and all the stuff that came along with it but i do know that you made some great contacts that's that's 100% i know oh, you yeah. got some some good people in your network as a result of that experience and yes, uh, sir. you know we talk about again this is a session talking about how you come back from the setback what was your setback and how long did it keep you away from the industry like how long were you without transportation and logistics in your day-to-day? So um, not only logistics, but I was out uh, 255 days to be exact, because of course I journal every day, but I was out 255 days um, serving a 12-month, one-day sentence with federal prison. So it's not something at the time that I even wanted to discuss or proud of by any means, but it's something that happened in the business. Um, again, I have a blog out there uh, writing a book. Um, I'm done with probation here in September, so need y'all's prayers as I get through the last part. I had a year of probation. So um, ended up getting involved in business. Again, sometimes in business you hire the wrong people. Sometimes in business I was 100% owner of everything, so everything that happened in the business I was 100% responsible. So without going into the details of things, without um, going into the details of things, (laughs) yes. So uh, because I'm still going through probation again, uh, the uh, books in process. But um, again, I owned up. I mean, there was uh, something. uh, You know, I'm responsible because I hired people, and I'm responsible because I'm the owner at the end of the day. But uh, uh, ended up getting indicted February of twenty one. I lost all. I lost. I lost. I lost the political race in 2020. COVID happened, and uh, you know y'all can look up my story without me having to go details there. But I ended up uh, losing my mother. Uh, my dad and mom had been married over 50 years. I'm the oldest of four. Ended up losing my mother. Uh, uh, COVID of uh, on December 3rd of 2020, and uh, aside losing the race, losing my mother uh was one of the most horrible things anyone could go through because i had to watch her not be able to breathe and it was uh it was horrible but right after that you know i ended up knowing when my mother passed away why i lost the office why i didn't win because if i would have won um i would have had to told my constituents um i cannot go to austin because i have to take care of my father and my mother's situation, and I would not be able to represent my constituents in Austin. So that I knew the reason why I didn't get it, because I had to deal with some other things. Again, uh, God knows what he does, and he does it best. But, um, you know, my business, I, I had 66, 60 trailers, you know, three companies bankrupted on me. Um, I had to return my trucks. Lost my mother. I didn't have the heart to do business. I was in a bad I, I too got addicted to alcohol and Ambien. 
I was in a bad place and uh, I had to file personal bankruptcy in January because I personally guaranteed all my assets. My businesses had enough money, but I also personally guaranteed thinking I was, uh, I was never gonna fail. Like I was indispensable and I thought that I was immortal because I was on Forbes, I was on TD Jakes. So pride got in the way and I thought, okay, yeah, I'll personally guarantee stuff, no problem. And uh, eye opener, uh, company didn't pay. They came after my my personal assets, my kids and everything. So I was just like, um, that can't happen. So I bankrupted and then uh, a company I was doing business for uh, ended up um, uh, indicting me in February. So I pressed federal, I, I was, uh, I was um, convicted, not convicted, I was uh, indicted on four counts and uh, I couldn't fight the federal government. I didn't have $250,000 to fight them at the time. And I ended up having to plead guilty on two of the four counts. Went and got, went to court on September 30th, thinking I was just gonna get probation because I've never even had, I think I had a couple of speeding tickets, never had a history. And my attorneys at the time were saying, oh, you know, you probably just get probation. Um, I ended up getting 12 months one day. Uh, I, had, I had been originally looking at 40 years, then 20 years. And then when the judge saw my case, uh, I ended up getting 12 months one day. I ended up serving 255 days of that 12 month one day sentence. Got out June 21st of 22, feeling like the biggest loser. I was waiting tables thinking that my industry wasn't gonna want me back and people weren't gonna trust me. And when I was at the halfway house in downtown Houston, I had all kinds of people um, waiting for me to get back into the industry because they missed me and they loved me and they knew that there was a bigger story. And they knew that there was more to the story than what was out there because they know me and they know my heart. And they know that sometimes bad things happen to good people. And uh, so I ended up getting a second chance back in this industry. I didn't have to wait tables anymore. And um, little by little, people of faith and people that love me and believe in me started uh, restoring that I was humbled because I needed to be humbled. You know, I, uh, I, w I needed to step back and know what was important, what was priority. I had a lot of people in my circle and being and going through what I went through ended up letting me, my grandfather also told me, you're gonna know who's who in life when you're sick at the hospital or when you're in jail. I've always added when you're moving, you get to see who's who when you have to move. But uh, I've, been, I, I've been sick in the hospital, I've moved a lot, but I've also been in prison. And uh, being in prison without your family, without your kids, it, it does something to you because when I was two or three weeks without talking to my family, all I had was him again. And it was, uh, I, I uh, journaled every day. Um, I could only communicate with my kids via video and, um, and mail. Um, so it was just, it was just, uh, it was a beautiful experience because we all outside, I always in there, I learned that when you're out here, Sometimes you develop your own prison in your head and you're in your own jail walls and you're on your own prison because sometimes we just get trying to be like the, the Smith and the Jones and you're trying to live up to certain things and, and you hide a lot of things or addictions. But when you're in there, you get to, I got taken away from my wine. I got taken away from my Ambien. I got taken away from my kids. 
And then all my assets I had to get rid of. So when you're in there, you have to start again from being abased, from having nothing. And and four of the most important books in the Bible were written from those that were in prison, like Paul, mm-hmm. who wrote Philippi- who wrote Philippians. And so a lot of the greatest books in the in the Bible and a lot of the greatest books out there were written from prison. So I'm writing a book to talk about my story, my journey, and about how God is faithful and how the comeback can be greater, but with the right people. And I really do think that I do have the right people in my circle. I really do. And I am blessed and I thank God for that experience because now my kids and I are stronger than before. Um, They were able to realize what it was like. You know, it was hard for me in there, but it was harder for my kids and my dad who just lost my mom. It was a lot harder, I think, from what I hear for them that were out here waiting for me and knowing that I was in there. Because I I am, I have been the rock of the family. I have been the provider. And uh, to be for me to be able to, they got to know my worth. And I got to realize my worth being in there and my value. And when I got out, I was able to hear from people in my industry about my value uh, in the industry and for them. So now that's what I'm doing. Um, I'm coming back, uh, helping those that didn't forget me. 100%. And look, I truly appreciate you being as vulnerable and transparent with what you've experienced. And it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on stage. I have very, very close family members who are part of the transportation and logistics industry and it's only through this industry that they were able to get a second chance i feel like this is my second chance too again i don't think i should be here Amen. I, you know I, it's it's only by the grace of god that i'm here right now um the crazy life i've lived <laughs> and it's is 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 wild you said a lot i mean i don't want to go into so much but i can definitely feel you on a, a lot of it a, a lot of it. even you know uh my mother just went through something you know my mother just she yeah. she was unable to breathe on her own last week so she's she's wow. been in the hospital like as recently as you know earlier this week so um that when you said that that's exactly where my mind went and you know it's just uh, you know i i hear yeah. you i hear you it was a scary thing yeah uh, scary scary horrible. scary. it was so, horrible you know um the, the high note is you said it sounds like you said you thanked god for the situation um in the sense that it cleared you of so many other things that were you know, kind of riding on your back. Like it was toxic, toxic, was, toxic people and toxic things that I was involved in. So it was able to rid of toxicity, you know? Yeah. You know, and, it was, and a, it of, was a cleansing. Right. And, and speaking of that, you know, talking about TD Jakes, I think the session that I just listened to, uh, he said, you got to thank God for these hardships sometimes because it saved you from going to hell. <laughs> you know, that's pretty. Yep. That's, that's, I mean, one way I can look at it. Um, you know, some of the setbacks, because I could only imagine what I would have been into had I hit as a petroleum broker at the time of my life. I talked to my wife about it all the time. It's just the things that I was into was wild. <laughs> so yeah. you, you mix that with ego and uh, a superstar's bank account. Yeah, a hundred million dollars going through your accounts does can do some crazy things. 
Right, 100%. So look, <laughs> now that we're here, what has it been like reconnecting with your industry peers? Like, I know it has to be such a, a warm and like a, a feeling of just like embracing, you know, what has it been like for you? Besides my uh, cocoon consultant, you know, we are a brokerage and we try to do as much organically as possible, but I do um, leverage off of others assets per se. So uh, one of them, and again, it's all on LinkedIn, it's all public. Um, I am an, I, I'm an agent, uh, an agency of Lightning Logistics, which, you know, at, you know, there are about a hundred plus or minus assets. So I help um, make sure that they try to keep their assets busy. Mm -hmm. um, then they also have warehousing and crating, and they also have a brewery called Spindle Tap next door. So I love those guys. They're amazing. Uh, they brought me under the wing. They were the first ones in the industry to approach me while I was still at the halfway house saying, hey, you're an asset to any company and anyone will be lucky to have you to come consult, sell, whatever that looks like. Um, so I am a director of global sales for, um, for Lightning Logistics. And that's uh, as a consultant, as an agency, you know, I'm not an employee. So I do everything that I can to try to keep their assets, which is their trucks. They do intermodal, they do hot shot, and they do a lot of flatbed hauling. They also have warehousing available and they do crating. They do an amazing job at crating, either there at our facilities or on site. Anyone that wants to come and I can give them a tour and also have a beer maybe at Spindle Tap. They actually do craft <laughs> beer. Um, help, I'm more than happy to host and bring them in and give them a tour. I also, they do, they do, uh, they don't do ocean and air. So I actually consult with a company. She's Venezuelan and she does ocean and air. Uh, her name is Naida. So she's with NCVN. So I actually consult and I'm an agent of hers to bring her all the global business. So I have one company that does my trucking, crating and warehousing. And then I have someone that does my ocean and air. Um, and again, being back, because of my connections, my contacts uh, with previous experience with government contracts and minority woman owned contracts. And then, um, you know, just previous experience, I have people that want me to come and do sales and bring them business to keep their assets or keep whatever, or, you know, keep their business going. But I'm trying to be very selective on who I go with. So right now, um, I am an agency of, um, of Lightning and NCVN on the logistics side. But then I, and then I have my cocoon when they can't handle it. I have cocoon that organically, uh, that I, that my son owns that we actually, uh, you know, help customers when Lightning and, and, uh, NCVN can't, but, uh, uh, something that I, because I love the rig world, and I used to, and I moved about 18 land rigs. That's how I got featured in Forbes. Um, I actually am a sales agent for selling rigs and rig components with petrolrigs.com. It's a global, um, it's a global auction. Uh, so if you go to petrolrigs.com, you'll be able to see everything that they source, which is rigs, rig components, tubulars. Uh, so if you don't see it on the website, let me know. I can source it for you. And then we're, I'm also doing hydraulics. So. I'm also, so I'm selling product, but 
but I also get first right of refusal. I can actually move the product with my experience. So um, right now I'm beefing up my LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. So that way people can know my capacities and capabilities all under Cocoon, which is an agency of these companies. So I, what I, what, the reason I'm doing that is because I don't want to go own my trucks. I don't want to own a warehouse. I don't want to have to right now get the bonds and everything for uh, ocean and air. I don't want to uh, procure and own a, a lot of inventory. So what I'm doing is I'm leveraging off of others' assets, cash flow, bonds, insurance, and so forth. And I'm less uh, on you're the sales side. Yeah, yeah consulting, you're consulting. Consulting <laughs> on whatever level. Like right. this next week, this next week, I, I and I sub a lot of stuff out. So I'm looking for experts. I'm a, I'm a, what is it called? Uh, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. I hired. I like hiring the experts. So like next week, I have to go to a company to do a mock audit because they have to be DOT compliant. So what do I do? I hire someone that does audits and does you know back in the day did DOT audits. So what I do is I bring people to them that will come to a mock audit and get them compliant, get them to a point. So if they do get an audit, they're going to be, they're going to pass. Right. right, right. So, so people come to me on crazy things. I mean, uh, for some reason, people come to me when they're in a bad situation. (laughs) Like I've, I've had to, I've had to get stuff like containers that have been stuck or, Someone that when someone can't do something, I don't know why my name goes out there. I don't. I don't even. I don't even uh, put it on social media. But for some reason, when there's a problem or an issue and they can't get out of it, and they've already called 20, 40, 100 people, somehow my name gets thrown. Hey, call Angelica. She'll get you out of this problem. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how my name goes out there, but I'm able to. Get, I don't know. I'm able to figure things out. And that's just oh, a gift. I know why. I know why. It's because your introduction <laughs> into this industry, the young lady told you never say no. So it's on your spirit. Yeah. And, and, I just, and, and I just, I just, you know, I might not know how to do it, but I feel that God will lead the way. And I feel like I will know someone that can help me and will do it. That's how right. I, I do it. Right. I mean, to be honest. And, and, and I'm not shy. And I don't have a filter a lot of the times. <laughs> so transparency, that's basically what it is. You let people know where you are, what you need, so that yeah. they can know if they can help. And if not, cool. You just and, you just and then, and then and when I do it, it's like, hey, let's make this a win-win or a win-win-win. Uh, right. So it's at the end of the day, we all have bills to pay and taxes to pay. Right. <laughs> so well, let me ask you this. How fitting is it? that you chose the name Cocoon, you know, being as how (laughs) the way things played out and where you are now. Uh, And, you know, you you have amazing questions. So uh, I was, when I, you know, when we're in our own, again, you can be in the free world and have your own cocoon, your own prison. And when I was in prison, that's when I was most free. Cause that's when I slept the best. Uh, Cause everything was out in the open and there was no more uh, what's that called? Conscience. You know, basically when things are on your conscience or you're doing right. something you're not supposed to, or you feel like you're going to get caught. Sometimes you get pulled over by police and you're like, worry, even though there's nothing to worry about, you're getting stopped for traffic, but everyone, when they get pulled over by a police, they think the worst. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, uh, something about being in the cocoon where you're free. Uh, cause you know that the wings will come and you know that you're going to be a, but- a beautiful butterfly. 
So in the cocoon process, it's the hardest because it's uh, the transformation process and it's metamorphosis. So in the cocoon stage, supposedly that's where the, I mean, I've never been a caterpillar per se, <laughs> but they say, they say that the caterpillar suffers the most because of the enzymes and the breakdown of the caterpillar in the cocoon, the cocoon, that it's the most painful part of the whole transformation transition. And it's very spiritual, of course, you know, we talk about the butterfly and butterfly being very spiritual and very uh, biblical, but me being in the cocoon where for me was my own prison in the free world and actually being in prison where I was suffering the most, um, depending on what point you're looking at, whether you're in the free world or you're in prison, uh, I've been able to experience both. But when you're in there, you're going through the biggest transformation. But I think that, and I know that my butterfly wings will come. I think at the end, the most beautiful, beautiful butterfly wings that you'll get is uh, in heaven, you know, when it's everlasting and forever. But I think that here on earth, you go through various cocoon stages in life and your wings, when you come out, may look differently from another stage of your life. But I think that uh, I also transition that to to moving cargo. So I like to tell my customers that when I'm moving their cargo, it's in that cocoon stage where, hey, a lot of, you know, it can, your, your truck can turn over, you can break down, you can roll over. So there's a lot that can happen in the cocoon stage while your cargo is moving. But once it lands to final destination, biblically it's heaven, but when it lands to final destination, the wings come out and it does what it needs to do. So for me, cocoon consulting and logistics, it's about all of us, whether it's in person or whether it's cargo, at the end of the day, we all need our wings to fly. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, look, it has been. Can I, can I get an amen or not? Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Amen. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, I, I'm just so appreciative to be able to have you here on stage to share your story. Is there anything that you wanted to share that we didn't get a chance to cover so far? Um, you know, because if not, we would be uh, heading towards the conclusion. No, no, I appreciate. Well, I just want to thank you, Dory, for your time. I appreciate you for what you're doing in this community. Uh, I appreciate how you are blessed and how you're being a blessing to many. Uh, we also appreciate your testimony and knowing your setback. But I'm, 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 I'm blessed to know you. I'm blessed to be a part of your circle. And, uh, you know, if there's anything that I can do to help anyone you know or yourself, you know, you know how to get a hold of me. And I thank Mike. I thank Micah, of course, for introducing me to you. Uh, you know, me and Micah have known each other for some time now, and I'm very uh, appreciative to him and uh, what he's doing as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to talk about that. You know, before we close, you know, uh, that brother Micah, he's he's in the audience right now, but Micah did something special. Um, you know, he did uh, last week. I put it out there to my LinkedIn community that I was looking for opportunities, you know, with the way that transportation has been going, carriers getting pushed out of the market. I was looking for ways to grow in the supply chain and, you know, other ways. Right now, I own a dispatch company and that's all good. Uh, and also looking for other things, you know, just to make sure that I'm putting my energies into things that are going to produce a lot and go yeah. far. And this brother reached out to me, told me about his company. And, you know, it was a very natural conversation via LinkedIn Messenger. 
And uh, we had the opportunity to say, all right, let's let's schedule some time to chat. I had no idea that, you know, the session that he was going to put the, uh, put together was, you know, going to include other business owners, other logistics professionals. And yeah. it made me say, wow, that was such an amazing idea. I, I do these sessions, but more intimate you know, how do we gel together as different business owners on that type of, I never thought yep. about doing it like that. So I thought that was exceptional. I thought it was amazing. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm appreciative yeah. of him doing that for sure. Yeah. Today, we today, Mike and I, after we spoke with you, uh, we went to the GHTA, the Greater Houston Trucking Association that was founded by Liz Castillo, who also is a uh, a great friend and, uh, I, you know, Mike and I help that association as well, uh, you know, because they're basically grassroots here in Houston, helping the trucking community and the industry and those that help the industry. So, but, you know, Micah and I, um, you know, we're just, you know, we talk, we, we find ways to help each other and help others that we care about, including yourself. And it's like, hey, what do we, what can we do to really hone in and focus owner operators, logistics, people in our industry, people that have gone through things, you know, besides my story, Micah's story, your story, but there's a lot of stories out there. And I, we, I, we just, Mike and I haven't found exactly what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. I mean, you know, he's praying about it just like I am, but I think God will come up with something uh, where we can do something, you know, here on the local, he, in local level, he's in the woodlands, I'm in Katy, but you know, maybe something that eventually will go national or at least go, where we can do a podcast and it and other people can hear not just from the Houston area, but you know we're thinking about it, we're talking about it. You know we're not we don't have anything specific per se, but uh, we are talking about it and seeing okay. how we can continue to impact the community that we work in. Right. What would be the focus of that? Like, what are you guys trying? What's the message that you guys are trying to get out there, or what's the um, you know the medium that you're trying to create? And not to speak for him but basically what he had he said something like that today at like what's hurting you like what's your hurt like where are you hurting and then trying to find ways to get past that hurt and and again something similar what we talked about today you what what is your setback that's preventing you from your comeback so kind of working together in a group on what is your what's your hurt what's your prison as i would say where, where where are you in your cocoon? Um, okay. So we can business, we can work. Is this business and personal, or is this? Uh, I, I, I mean, I I think I mean it's going to be business because we're on a business uh, platform. But I think you need personal because at the end of the day, we all have our why. I know that him and I also are do cup of Joey. And when you meet Joey, who founded Cup of Joey, it's like, what's your why? At the end of the day, we do business, but your why most of the time, it's. It's, it ends up being personal. So I think that it has to be something where there's a little bit of both. For me, I can't speak on behalf of Micah, but I think he might be, he might agree. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well look, I, again, I appreciate you so much. And uh, you know, that that's right back at you. Anything that I can do to help you, you know, further anything you got going on, or if there's future collaboration opportunities, I'm there and uh, I'm just happy. I'm blessed to have been able to meet you and learn you. from you and know that you are a resource, a resource that I no, plan of to course. tap into. <laughs> so. No, of course. And, I, and, for, and also just keep in mind, I say this a lot, like at the GHTA meetings, because sometimes there's a lot of brokers and a lot of people like me 
at some of these events. And I always like to tell people, uh, it's a, you know, we're, we live in a big world, but it's a small world in our industry. Uh, again, you can't cover the sun with one finger. So for me, when I go and there's people that are doing what I'm doing, I really don't look at people as competition, to be honest. I look at ways to collaborate and find synergies because we all have strengths and weaknesses. So when I do things, if there's someone else out there that wants to talk to me and work with me that's in logistics, does what I do, I know that there's some things that they do better and some things that I do better, but how can we not compete, but how can we collaborate to get to the end goal? 100%. That right there is where we're going to end this bad boy because it's the <laughs> truth. But um, again, madam, holla at me anytime. I'm very appreciative. And uh, everybody, next week on Monday, so my guy, my guy Rick, he's been, he's been out, okay? So, you know, normally every single Monday we do the Freightwave Sonar session where we're telling you where you should position your trucks to take advantage of the market. Um, my guy's been out and it's, it's cool because, uh, you know, it, but we're picking back up this Monday, 730 Eastern Standard Time here on Clubhouse. So if you're interested, it's going to be a lot to talk about, too, especially with all of the the labor strikes going on at the ports in, in Canada to what's going on in Savannah that's increased the the truckload needs, the amount of freight that's coming in. It's just interesting stuff that we're going to be talking about on Monday. So tune in then, and uh, everybody have a blessed one. And Angelica, thank you again. Yes. So real quick, just thank you again, Jory, and to all that listened and who all that will listen. Uh, thank you so much for what you do, Jory. Uh, yes, ma'am. Oh, look, where can they find you? Do you want people to reach out to you? My bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm on LinkedIn, social media, Facebook, Instagram as Angelica Garcia Davila. Uh, my website is www.cocooncls.com. And of course, my phone number is public. Text is the best way to get a hold of me. If you call, and I don't answer, but it's 713 480 2936. 713-480-2936. Again, it's www.cocooncls.com. And uh, the website for information on what we do and how we can help is sales at cocooncls.com. And people that don't know how to spell cocoon, it's okay. I misspell it sometimes. It's C-O-C-O-O-N and then CLS, consultinglogisticsservices.com. Perfect. So thank perfect. you again. Anytime. You have a blessing. You too. Peace.